The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will what? Never hurt me. I'm not sure that a a more common and yet false statement has ever been spoken in the English language. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, Words are powerful, aren't they? Uh, Words can be used to either build up uh, people, to encourage, to build up, or to tear people down. Uh, There are over 400 verses in the Bible that relate to your words, uh, your language, your speech, uh, talking about how to use your words, the power of words, controlling uh, your tongue. And uh, we begin a new series today called The Power of Words. And uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I want to begin by looking at Proverbs 18.21. It says, the tongue has the power of what? Say it with me. The tongue has the power of what? Life and death. The tongue literally has the power to give life, to increase life, to add value to life, or to add death, to cause decay, to destroy, to tear down. How many of you would agree with that, right? I think we all would. Um, think about it for a second. What are some words that bring, bring death and decay? How about uh, words of extreme criticism, uh, hate speech? Words of gossip, you know, those are all words that, that uh, destroy and tear down and bring about death. Now think about words uh, that give life, that bring, that bring life, words of love. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, I love you. Go ahead and do that. Oh, see, you're just uh, bringing about life there. There you go. Very good. And again, if you're single here this morning, you're welcome. We were trying to set you up here a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, words of comfort. Words of encouragement, uh, words of celebration. So let me ask you, how are you using your words, your language, your speech? Uh, The goal of this series is simply that we would become a little more conscious of the words that we use. And, and try to strive to use as many words as possible in our everyday language, in our everyday speech that might bring glory and honor to God. In fact, that's the goal of this series. Write that down. That our words would be used to bring glory to God. Now, I know you might be sitting there this morning and you're going, well, what does that mean, Pastor Chris? I mean, come on. I mean, that sounds like something you would do in church, you know, to glorify God. So how in the world am I supposed to do that in everyday life, to glorify God? Well, Jesus said, of course, that there are two great commandments. You know, the first is to love the Lord your God with all uh, your heart, your soul, your mind. And then the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So, to use our words to, glory, to glorify and God to bring honor to him means that we would use our words to love God and to love people. Very simple, to love God and to love others. And so, for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about how to do that very specifically. Now, that doesn't mean, however, that you've got to be like a, you know, a politician. I mean, they are masters, right, at uh, being very, very careful with every single word that's spoken. I mean, we're in this political season, and everybody in this room has seen where, you know, a politician, you know, has a slip of the tongue, right? Says something, you know, that, 
you know, they came out, you know, maybe behind, you know, the scenes, so to speak, and, and they drop 10 points in the polls, or they say the right thing, and it's caught on social media or on the six o'clock news, and, and they go 10 points higher uh, in the polls. I'm, I'm not really talking about that type of hypersensitivity. But what I am talking about, what I do want us to talk about in this series, is simply being more careful with our words. Because the truth is, I am sure that most of us are pretty careless at times when it comes to our speech and what we say. Maybe we don't even think much at all about the words that we say. And we have forgotten the kind of impact that our words can make. So, I'm hoping that this series will change that a little bit. And I'm, I want to begin today, I, I want to begin today just by talking about the, the innate power in our words. So, so think about it just for a moment, if you will. What would it look like if every word that came out of your mouth brought glory and honor to God? That every word that you spoke either loved God more or helped you to love people more. Think about it this way. What would it look like if everybody where you work used words that showed love toward other people? What would it look like if everyone in your family spoke words of encouragement? What would it look like if everyone in our church, for example, if we all used words that built one another up instead of tearing one another down? Well, again, that's what we're going to talk about. And so to get started with that, I want us to look at, first of all, just some overall big picture truth about our words. Truth number one, words are a gift from God. If you think about it, um, your ability to speak, your ability to use language, to use words, is a gift straight from God. In fact, I want to remind you that the very first words that were ever spoken were actually the words of God, right? If you go all the way back to Genesis 1, there was nothing, and it says that God spoke the world into existence. So God's words are very, very powerful. God, God's words create or they destroy. And so it was the words of God, you know, that started this whole thing. The word, the word of God. It, it was God's word that created man and woman and the animals and everything around them. So when God spoke, things came into being. But likewise, God has given us that same power as humans. As human beings, we have the ability to communicate and to speak. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but your words are a gift from God. And if God had not given you this ability, you'd be like, you know, any other animal or plant, you know, that seemingly cannot communicate with one another. I know if you pet lovers, you believe that your animals speak, but they do not, okay? Uh, I know cats don't. Anyway, um, but because words are a gift, what that means is this. You and I have a very high stewardship responsibility with them. Now, we talk a lot about stewardship around here at Coastal, how, you know, 
being a steward or manager of all the things that God has given us. We talk about being a steward of your time that you've been given. We talk about managing or being a steward of your talents. Uh, being a steward of your, of your money. And that's why we you know, bring our tithes and our offerings to God on a regular basis. But I want you to see today that your language, the words that you speak, they require management. It is a stewardship responsibility. Your words have been given to you by God and you are going to be held responsible for how you use those words. How did you leverage them? Just like we talk a lot about that. How we are stewards of everything that God's given us, managers, and we are to leverage them for kingdom uh, purposes. And so our words are the same thing. So part of what we're going to do in this series is I want you to see that God gives you this gift and you and I are responsible for how we're going to use it. So we're going to challenge you during the series to be good stewards of your words that God gives you. That's truth number one. Second truth is this. Words can either build up or tear down. Words can either build up or they can tear down. Every single person in this room can remember words from your past. Words that uh, built you up. You know, words that, words of encouragement. You know, somebody, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a relative. Man, they came alongside you, put their arm around you, and wow, they spoke something into your life, like a blessing or some word of encouragement. And it it could have even changed the whole trajectory of your life because of that spoken word. But I bet everybody in this room can also remember harsh words. Words of criticism. Words that hurt you. Think about it. When was the last time somebody said something harsh to you? I bet everybody in this room can still remember it, can't you? Let me ask you, when was the last time someone spoke a blessing over you? Encouraged you? Said, looked you in the eye and said, you know what? Man, you're going to do something great. You're going you're to do great things for God. You see, what I'm saying is that those moments in life, they stick with you. That's how important your words are. They can either build up or they can tear down. Truth number three, the quality of your life, think about this, is determined by the quality of your words. Now, this is a foundational truth, really, for this whole series. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but how you communicate and your ability to communicate really affects the quality of everything else in your life. For example, especially if you're in a relationship, if you're married, boyfriend, girlfriend, or even with children as a parent, your words can either improve a relationship or they can destroy it. So the quality of your relationships many times are determined by the quality of your words. We might say, you know, through communication. Well, that's words. Well, guess what? That's also true. Think about it in your spiritual life. Your ability, our ability to communicate with God, which we often call what? Prayer. You know, think about that. Those words either grow your spiritual life or because of a lack of prayer, they Diminish your spiritual life. 
And so those two go hand in hand. The quality of my life is determined by the quality of my words. So, since words are a gift from God, and your words can either build up or they can tear down, and the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your words, wow, how in the world are we to harness that power? Now, the word harness that I'm using, using is, ta- is being taken from James chapter 3. One of the classic passages on, in the Bible about controlling your tongue. And we're going to look at that during this series. I might encourage you today to go home and read that. But it literally basically says that your, our tongue is out of control. And so we have to harness that power. Because when you harness something, there is great power in it. So, how can we use our words every single day to build people up? To love people, to love God and to glorify Him and honor Him with our language, with our words. So, today I want to begin by talking about it. And I want to give you very five very practical ways, some things that you can do and walk out of here with. Number one, practice starting my day with praise. Starting my day with praise. Let me ask you a question. How do you start your day? What's the beginning of your day look like? I mean, do you, I, I bet everybody in this room probably has a morning routine that, that you go through. I mean, most of us do. Most of us have, you know, we like certain music we like to listen to. You know, some of you even, you know, go ahead and put on your little earbuds and kind of tune everybody else out or... or you flip on the, the television, and you got certain channels you watch. Some of you watch the news. Some of you check out the weather. Uh, you have a routine that you go through. Now, I think that's good, depending on your routine, because it's been said that the first hour of your day is the most powerful hour, a magical hour. And even though it's just a small part of your entire day, it really does affect the rest of your day. And just like James chapter 3 says, I really believe that that first hour of your day is like that rudder on a ship. You know, even though it's something very, very small, it determines where you're going to end up later that day, later that week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year, how you begin every single day. So, if you start your day in a negative way, you're probably going to end up your day in a negative way. How many of you believe that most of the news and uh, see the thing that you see on television is pretty negative anyway? Do you believe that? So why in the world do you start your day that way? What, why? You know, uh, if you want to start your day in a positive way, it will, be, it will project you in, in a positive way. So I wonder, what's your morning routine look like? You know, what are the first words that come out of your mouth? Have you ever thought about that? You know, are you, are you, how many morning people do we have here? How many morning people raise your hand? You're a morning person. I mean, you wake up and you're on the go. You're ready to attack life. And, you know, you get up and, you know, you're smiling. You're bright-eyed and what? What's the word? Bushy-tailed. I don't know what that looks like, but you got one, right? You got a, you know, whatever. And so, and you wake up and your first words are, good morning, Lord, right? Now, how many of you are not morning people? Okay, you admit it, right? And when you wake up, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like a sleeping dragon has woken up, right? Or, or is beginning to wake up. You don't wake up, good morning, Lord. You wake up, it's like, good Lord, it's morning, right? You know, you're just, just the opposite. 
Well, here's what I want to challenge all of us to do over the next, uh, next five weeks. Make praise a part of your morning routine. Make praise. You say, well, Pastor Chris, again, what does that mean? You know, that sounds like I'm in a worship service. Let me explain. Praise is simply thanking God for who he is. It's, it's thinking about God and his attributes, you know, that God is loving, God is patient, God is kind, God is gracious, God is holy, and, and then thanking him for who he is. It's a little bit different, actually, from Thanksgiving, in that Thanksgiving, obviously, is very important as well, but Thanksgiving is more of when you thank God for what he's done. Praise is when you recognize who God is, and, and you think about God, and you Focus your thoughts on him. You know, maybe God is holy. Maybe God is patient. You thank God for that. And you thank God that he's patient with you or he's forgiving. And so it's focusing on him and then just thanking him for who he is. So if you're going to bring your tongue under control and you're going to bring your whole life under God's control, it begins starting your day with praise. Psalm 145.2 says, I will bless you every Sunday. It's not what it says, right? It doesn't say that. I will bless you what? Every day. And you know, sometimes, you know, I think it's sad that we actually do that. We wait. We wait to to recognize who God is and what he's done. Um, It says, I will bless you every day and I will praise you forever. Now, you might have to miss your morning coffee, but don't miss your morning praise. Make sure that this is a part of your life. And I put this intentionally as number one because I really think that if you would just begin your day with praise, it would radically, radically, drastically change everything. Because again, how you begin your day has a very strong determining factor for the rest of your day, and I would argue for the rest of your, your life. Number two, Offer words of encouragement to others daily. Offer words of encouragement to others daily. There's power in that. Just as you should never let a day go by without using your words, your language, to praise God, you should never let a day go by where you don't use your words to encourage other people. Here's one thing I know about everybody in this room. Here's one thing I know about all of your families, your extended families, your friends. Here's what I know about everybody in the city of Charleston. They all want to be encouraged. Everybody needs encouragement. You know, the the next time you see someone, literally a family member, a friend, you ought to think it is literally as if they are all wearing a sign A big, bright, red, flashing neon sign that says, encourage me. Encourage me. You know, I've actually determined that the more of a scowl that somebody has on their face, the more encouragement they're asking for. By the way, when you encourage other people, that is the path to being encouraged yourself. You say, well, how do I get encouraged? Well, you stay encouraged by encouraging other people. It's, it really is that, that reap what you sow thing. It's, it's the more you give it away, I promise you, the more it will come back. But everybody needs it. And listen, it is those words of encouragement that last. They can affect somebody for a lifetime. 
You know, one of the greatest ways that you can serve other people is just by speaking encouragement to them, just speaking blessing to them. Look what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you're already doing. The Bible understands this, that encouraging words are powerful. You know, paying a compliment, saying a kind word. Principle number three. The third way that you and I can harness the power of our language, our words, is work to remove all curse words from my speech. Okay. I know what you're thinking. Okay, Pastor Chris. Practice starting my day with praise. I get it. I think I can do that. Offer words of encouragement to other people. Sure, that sounds like a good thing. But come on, PC. That sounds ridiculous. You want me to remove all curse words from my speech? Now, let me begin by saying this. If you've been at Coastal for any length of time, you know that we are not a legalistic church, okay? We are not. I mean, if, if any word could be used to describe our church and define us, I believe that it is the word grace. We are a grace-giving church. We are a church full of imperfect people. So I want you to understand that I am not talking about being legalistic here. I'm not saying that if you remove, you know, curse words from your speech, that somehow, you know, or another, God's going to love you more, you know, or God's going to bless you more. In fact, you've heard me say this many, many, many times at Coastal. There is nothing that you could do, that you could ever do, that would cause God to love you any more than he does right now. There's nothing that you could do that could cause God to love you any less than, you know, than, than than he loves you, as much as he loves you. So I'm not talking about that. But here's what I am talking about. I'm just talking about being a little bit more obedient and becoming a little bit more and more like Jesus. Okay? Maybe this is something that you struggle with. By the way, this is not a, uh, just a man thing or a woman thing. This is a human being thing. And, uh, and it's becoming more of a cultural thing uh, in the world that we live. Maybe you grew up where uh, somebody in your family, maybe your dad... You know, your parents, they took cursing to a higher level. It was like an art form. I mean, they were really, really good at it. Anybody grow up like that? Okay. Um, And it impacted you. Or maybe you work in an environment where it is commonplace. This came up last night. I was talking with some people. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you've all heard that phrase, swearing like a what? A sailor, right? You swear like a sailor. Well, I was talking to some people last night. They were telling me how nurses had a problem with swearing. I was like, really? I just didn't think that. But, you know, anyway, I think it's common where, where a lot of you work, right? I mean, Julie in the office swears like a sailor. No, I'm just teasing. It's not, not an issue here in our workplace. But anyway, um, my point is, is that some of you, you grew up that way. It's, you know, it's in your work environment. And, and the truth is, it's become a habit for you. And uh, a little bit of a stronghold. Well, one of the ways to break a habit 
or to break a stronghold, and we just talked about this uh, leading up to Easter, is through fasting. Um, So, here's the deal today. You ready for this? If cursing is an issue for you, I want to challenge everybody in Coastal to take the 30-day no cursing challenge. Okay? And actually, the first time I said that, I said, uh, we're going we're to do this 30-day cursing challenge. And some of you are like, wow, really? Okay. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. 30-day no cursing challenge. So here's the challenge. You ready? Go the next 30 days without saying a curse word. Now, if you slip up, you've got to start all over again. Now, I know what that, some of you are thinking, Pastor Chris, I'll be doing this for 10 years before I ever. Well, we're going to be seeing you like six years from now. What's going on? I'm still in that 30-day no cursing challenge. No, no, okay. So there's a little sheet in your, in your, in your bulletin this morning. I think there should be in there. Um, and we're just going to give you a little bit of, you know, helpful, uh, helpful hints. And, and I think you can actually even sign up for this, I believe, on your Connect card today. Is that true? You know what? It's not on your Connect card, but... You can just write it down uh, in the comment section that, that you know you're, you're, you signed up for the 30 day no cursing challenge, and maybe just like the fasting deal, I'll try to send you some encouragement throughout the week. And, and if you have any questions about what is a curse word, come on, okay? You know. Anyway, um, listen to James chapter three. Listen to this: No one can tame the tongue; it is an uncontrollable evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who've been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. And then from Ephesians 4.29, listen to this. Don't use foul or abusive language, but let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words might be an encouragement to others who hear them. So, sign up today, join the 30-day No Cursing Challenge. Number four, exercise listening twice as much as you speak. Listening twice as much as you speak. You know, part of glorifying God's with our mouth is not only knowing what to say and when to say it, but honestly, I think it's also knowing when not to say anything and when just to be quiet and silent. And listen. So I'm sure you've heard, uh, heard this saying. Someone once said, God gave us two ears and one mouth because he wants you to listen twice as much as you speak. Or from Mark Twain, uh, it's better to keep your mouth shut and let people think that you are a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Um, I like this one. You never saw a fish on the wall with its mouth shut. Think about that for a second. In other words... You don't get into trouble nearly as much if you just keep your mouth shut, right? Proverbs 12, 15. Fools think they need no advice. In other words, foolish people, they're constantly talking, constantly talking. You know, this is what I think, this is what I want to do, this is what I feel, but the wise listen to others that takes practice, that takes exercise. It takes intentionality to listen more than we speak. So we're going to work on that the next several weeks. 
And then finally, number five, the fifth way to harness that power is to release my whole life to God. To release my whole life to God. This is really the central issue of living that God-glorifying life, loving God and loving people with our, with our speech and with our lives. Are you willing to give your whole life to God? Now let me give you a little theology of, of language, of words, for just a moment. The Bible makes it very clear that there is a connection between what we say, the words that come out of our mouth, and the status of our heart. If you have an impure heart, you're going to speak impure words. If you've got a heart full of praise, you're going to speak encouragement. If you have a heart full of cursing, you're going to speak with curses. If you have a heart full of blessing, you're going to look to bless other people. And, and, and this comes back to a very central teaching in the message of Jesus. In Matthew 15, 18, Jesus said this, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the what? What does it say? The heart. And by the way, uh, I've been sick this week. My ears are clogged up. I can't hear anything. So you've got to yell at me. You've got to shout at me. Uh, they come from the heart, and these are what make a man unclean. So your words don't come from somebody else. I mean, ultimately, they come from your heart, so you can't blame other people. I mean, you can only use that you know, for so long. Because Jesus says that your words are an indication of where your heart is. So if that's true, and, I, and if what Jesus says is true, and I think we would agree it is, so here's a great, great question to close with today. What are your words saying about you today? Do your words say that God is in control of your life? Do your words say that you're clearly following Jesus. Look at the last verse on your outline. Romans 6.13, it says this. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Now, when most of us read that, we, you know, typically when people read that or even preach on that, they'll, they talk about uh, sexual temptation or they think about sexual temptation. And there's certainly an implication there. And, and you could go in that direction. But I, but I want you to think this morning about how that applies to the use of your, your language and your words today, your tongue. He says, don't let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God since you've been given a new life. And use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for what? The glory of God. So this week, use your tongue, the words that you say, for the glory of God. Now in your notes, look back at your outline. I want you to look back over these, these five ways that you could harness the power of your words. And in, in just a moment, I want you to ask God when we pray, you know, which one of these five do I need to work on the most this week? Now maybe you're not going to tackle all five all at once, but maybe, maybe there's one that really sticks out to you. Maybe there's two. And you say, you know what? I'm going to practice starting my day with praise. I, 
You know, I'm in a routine. I'm kind of in a rut. I begin my day kind of in a negative way. I'm scrambling. God, I need to work on that. Or maybe for you, it's like, you know what? I need to be a little more encouraging with the people in my life. You know, I've not been very, I've not built up my kids enough. I've, I've missed those moments where I could speak a blessing to my wife or to my husband. Or, or maybe, you know, you need to take that 30-day no-cursing challenge. And it's become a stronghold in your life. And, you know, you try to clean up your language a little bit when you come here, maybe. Um, but it's something that, that you need to work on. Or maybe you don't listen very much. Maybe you've been called, on, called out on that a time or two. And you need to listen twice as much as you speak. Maybe. Maybe it's this last one. And you need to release your whole life to God. Because the truth is, you can, you know, you can clean up your speech all you want to. But if you've not given your heart to God, it really doesn't matter. That really is the bottom line. That's really the most important thing is that you give your life to him. Maybe you've never done that. What I'm talking about is that you've never spoken those words, either in your mind or, or publicly, where you've said the most important words. I believe. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. What God's word says about him. And I want him to be my Savior, my Lord. And you've never spoken those words where you ask him to forgive you. That's where it begins. So, bow your heads. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of language. Thank you for the gift of words. Truthfully, we probably a gift that we take for granted. And probably a gift that we've, we don't really examine like we should. Lord, I just pray that in the coming weeks today and in the weeks ahead, that we could be a little more conscious of using our words to love you and to love people. And again, maybe you're here today and the issue really is that you've never really given your whole life to God. Not just your you know, your speech, you've just, you've never given your, your life to him. Start there. Listen, say those words in your heart to him right now. God, I do believe. I believe that Jesus is who you say he is. I believe that he is your son sent to this, this earth to die as a, as a sacrifice for my sin. He went to that cross for me. He laid in a tomb for three days and he rose from the dead. God, I believe that. And today I put all of my trust in him and him alone. No longer do I trust in my own goodness or religion or trying to clean up my act, not even trying to clean up my language. God, I just, I give you my life today. And uh, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I now know that I'm your child, your son, your daughter. Every day, God, I just want to live for you. And so, yes, today, God, I commit my language to you. I'm going to practice 
starting my day with praise, God, thanking you for who you are and what you've done and, and what's going on and, you know, that you're holy, that you're gracious, that you're loving. God, I want to begin my day that way. God, I want to be more encouraging to the people in my life, my children, my family, my, my spouse, my friends. God, the people that I work with, I have, I have wasted opportunities there. Help me to be more encouraging. And God, I, want to, I, want to, I don't want to be known for you know, swearing like a sailor. God, I, I want to be known for blessing people. God, help me to clean up my, my mouth. Um, and Father, I'm going to try to listen a little bit more than I, than I talked this week. I'm going to be a better listener to the people around me. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.